Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. Happy Mother's Day once again. So grateful for each and every one of you. Happy that you are here. This next part of the service is... The most important part, more important than any words anybody could ever say from this stage is the experience of the divine presence in the depths of your heart. And the way that that experience comes about is through stillness, being still. The scriptures say, be still and know that I am God. There are often stories in the Gospels about Jesus on the boat with his disciples, and then there's a storm that starts arising out of nowhere. Everybody's freaking out, and the words that Jesus utters to the winds and the waves are the words, be still, be still. Many of us know what it's like not to be able to go to bed at night because our mind is just going and going and going and going and going and going and we don't know what to do. We feel like we're drowning. The word to speak over your soul over and over and over again is be still. Be still. Centering prayer is an opportunity for you to be still, to quiet down on the inside. Stillness means not giving any effort or energy to thinking. That's it. Thinking will happen. But to not give any energy or effort to thinking simply means you become the observer of your thoughts. And in that gap, in that space between awareness and thinking arises peace wholeness and satisfaction and fulfillment and joy and so that's what we're going to do today together we're going to sit we're going to be still and today we're going to do this a little bit differently than normal normally uh, we'll have someone come up and lead us in a guided meditation Uh, but today i want to take you through an ancient christian spiritual practice known as lectio divina and i've done this a few times when i've come up to lead our centering prayer time together. Lectio Divina literally means divine reading. It's a way of reading scripture meditatively. And so there are four stages to Lectio Divina. And as we do this together, this is something you can take home with you. Oftentimes when we approach the scriptures, if we even do that at all, oftentimes when we approach the scriptures, we do so looking for information. We're studying. You know, trying to get things in our head. But Lectio Divina is about allowing truth to sink into your heart. Has nothing to do with information in the head. 
has everything to do with spiritual transformation at a heart level. So the four different stages of Lectio Divina are read, reflect, respond, and rest. So I'm going to read a passage of scripture to you. After I read that passage of scripture, and I'll guide you in all this so you don't have to remember it. I'm just giving you the overview. But after I read that passage of scripture, then we're all going to take some time to simply reflect on a word or a statement or an image that stands out to us and just chew on those words. Then I'm going to read the passage of scripture again. And then we're going to respond to God in prayer. Whatever that looks like for you, whatever it is that you want to say silently in your heart, just you and God, as a result of reading and meditating on this scripture, you respond to God in prayer. Then I'm going to read the passage of scripture one more time, and we're going to rest in silence, in stillness, just nothingness. You know how oftentimes we have this iPhone in our hands, and it you know, gets stored up with too much stuff and our memory on the phone is uh, getting taken up. Sometimes, you know, if your phone is messed up or if you take it to the store, if there's a problem with it, what they'll tell you to do is you just need to press the reset button, restore all uh, factory settings. I've had to do that before on my phone. Press the button that says restore to factory settings. That's what we're doing when we meditate and we do centering prayer. We're just pressing the reset button of our hearts. We're just restoring ourselves back to our factory settings, our divine DNA, just by doing nothing, just being, because we're so caught up in doing, 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 doing. This is about simply being. So I want to invite you in this moment to close your eyes, to get comfortable in your, in your chair, wherever you're seated, and in this moment, just begin to deepen your breath and bring your attention to every inhale and every exhale. Slow everything down in this moment. Stillness. 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 As you sit in this stillness, there will be thoughts and images and memories and feelings and sensations that arise within you. Simply let them be. Reject nothing. Attach to nothing. Simply observe from this place of inner stillness. There's nothing you're trying to do in this moment. We're not trying to silence our mind or stop the mental chatter. We're just sitting, watching, observing, being. The scriptures say that in him we live and move and have our being. So in this moment, rest in the ground of your being. I'm going to read to you a passage of scripture, Psalm 90. 
And as I speak these words, my invitation for you is just to listen intently for whatever it is that stands out to you. Psalm 90 says this, Lord, through all generations, you have been our strength and our home. Before the mountains were born or the oceans were brought to life, for all eternity you are. A thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it passes. You return our bodies to the dust and snuff out our lives like a candle flame. You hurry us away. We vanish as suddenly as the grass. In the morning, it shoots up and flourishes. In the evening, it wilts and dies. For our life dissolves like a vision and fades into air like a cloud. We live for 70 years, maybe 80 if we're strong. Years filled with pain and suffering. They pass and we fly away. Teach us how short our time is. Let us know it in the depths of our hearts. Show us that all things are transient, as insubstantial as dreams, and that after heaven and earth have vanished, there is only you. Fill us in the morning with your wisdom. Shine through us all our lives. Let our hearts soon grow transparent in the radiance of your love. Show us how precious each day is. Teach us to be fully here and let the work of our hands prosper for our little while. Take a moment here and reflect on any words that may have stood out to you. Psalm 90. Lord, through all generations, you have been our strength and our home. Before the mountains were born or the oceans were brought to life, for all eternity you are. A thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it passes. You return our bodies to the dust and snuff out our lives like a candle flame. You hurry us away. We vanish as suddenly as the grass. In the morning, it shoots up and flourishes. In the evening, it wilts and dies. For our life dissolves like a vision and fades into air like a cloud. We live for 70 years, maybe 80 if we are strong. Years filled with pain and suffering. But they pass and we fly away. Teach us how short our time is. Let us know it in the depths of our hearts. Show us that all things are transient, as insubstantial as dreams, and that after heaven and earth have vanished, there is only you. 
Fill us in the morning with your wisdom. Shine through us all our lives. Let our hearts soon grow transparent in the radiance of your love. Show us how precious each day is. Teach us to be fully here. And let the work of our hands prosper for our little while. Take a moment now and respond to God in prayer. Psalm 90. Lord, through all generations, you have been our strength and our home. Before the mountains were born or the oceans were brought to life, for all eternity you are. A thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it passes. You return our bodies to the dust and snuff out our lives like a candle flame. You hurry us away and we vanish as suddenly as the grass. In the morning it shoots up and flourishes, in the evening it wilts and dies. For our life dissolves like a vision and fades into air like a cloud. We live for 70 years, maybe 80 if we are strong, years filled with pain and suffering but they pass and we fly away teach us how short our time is let us know it in the depths of our hearts show us that all things are transient as insubstantial as dreams and that after heaven and earth have vanished there is only you Fill us in the morning with your wisdom. Shine through us all our lives. Let our hearts soon grow transparent in the radiance of your love. Show us how precious each day is. Teach us to be fully here. And let the work of our hands prosper for our little while. Let's take just a minute or two here to rest in the silence and in the divine presence.
Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence that is in us. May we embody your presence every moment of every day. And may we carry this rest, this peace, this stillness that we have found into every interaction of our life. Amen. You may open up your eyes. Thank you all for joining us. How are we feeling, everybody? Good? Refreshed already? I hope so. I, that's how I feel. And I'm very grateful, again, to be able to uh, just gather together with all of you on this beautiful Sunday morning. It's been uh, an incredible year for us at Heartway, and it's crazy to say that, right, because 2020, we weren't even doing this. Last year, at this time, we couldn't do this, right? And I have a lot of pastor friends who are not pastors anymore after 2020. I have a lot of friends that lead churches that don't exist anymore after 2020. So Heartway being here, us gathering together, is a miracle in and of itself. And I'm grateful that we get to experience the miracle of this beautiful spiritual community together. And today, I want to speak to those of you specifically who feel like you are stuck in life. Maybe you feel like you haven't been able to make any progress. Life is at a standstill. Maybe you feel like you're going backwards. And when you look around at friends and family members and other people your age, you're like, wait, I should be at another stage in my life. But everything seems to be at a standstill for you. And so maybe you feel unfulfilled as a result of your life not being what you want it to be in this moment. Maybe that's the case with you and your finances. Maybe that's the case with you and your career path. You keep hitting walls and you're trying and you're trying and you're trying, but nothing seems to be working out for you. It works out for everybody else, but it doesn't work out for you. Or if it's not in your relationships or it's not in your finances, or it's not in your career, maybe it's in your spirituality. You feel stuck. You've been asking God for a lot of things. Maybe you've been praying to get something from God. Or maybe you've been trying to manifest a particular kind of life. And of course, there's no problem with any of those things. But maybe the question to ask yourself this morning is, what am I praying for and why? What am I trying to manifest in life and why? In other words, what do you want and what do you want it for? Ultimately, the reason why we pursue all of these lesser desires in life is because we think that by pursuing these lesser desires, we are going to receive that which only the higher desire for God can give to us. Ultimately, what every human being wants is God. They just go looking for God at Tootsie's, or we go looking for God, you know, at Ultra, or we go looking for God at my boyfriend's house or my girlfriend's house, because we think we're going to find fulfillment and satisfaction there. But ultimately, everybody is just looking for God. 
And if that's the case, then you already have what you're looking for. You already have what you want. So I don't have to pray for God to give me peace. I just awaken to the peace that has been deposited in me and then it radiates out from me. That's how it works. I don't have to manifest a fulfilled life. I don't have to manifest joy. I awaken to the joy that's already deep within my spirit. And then it radiates out from me in my everyday life. So maybe the reason why you feel stuck is because you're looking for something you already have. Maybe the reason why you feel like life is at a standstill and nothing's happening is because you're trying to get somewhere that you already are. You're already home. You're already home. Spirituality is the realization of that truth. You are in God. God is in you. And if you have God, you have everything you need. Point blank, period. So if you feel like you're stuck in life, Maybe it's not because of your circumstances. Maybe it's because of your perception. In fact, the only thing that could ever get stuck in life is our mindset. Your life is not stuck. That's an impossibility. Life is dynamic. Life is always changing. Life is always evolving. Life is always being adjusted. So if your life feels stagnant, it's because your mindset has become stagnant. Maybe you're stuck in the past. Maybe you're stuck in fear of the future. And you're not here now in this moment, which is where God is, which is where truth is to be found, which is where peace can be experienced. Every day, maybe it's the same negative attitude the same disempowering belief system, the same thought patterns over and over and over again. And it's easy to feel stuck when you think you're supposed to be further along the line than you are. It's easy to feel like life is stagnant and like you're stuck if you think you're supposed to be somebody that you currently are not. And the greater that gap grows be between your reality and your expectation of what reality should be, the greater the depression, the greater the anxiety, the greater the feelings of unfulfillment. And of course, behind all of this are your plans for your life not going the way you want them to go. The scriptures teach that God knows the plans God has for us. Not that we will always know the plans that God has for us. And so if we're not open to God's plan being different than our plan, we're setting ourselves up for disappointment. And I'm all for planning. Go ahead and plan. Go ahead and dream. But if you're going to write down your plans, make sure you do it in pencil. Right? That way you can erase what you need to erase or rewrite what you need to rewrite. Because if you're holding on too tightly to your vision for your life happening your way, you're going to miss out on where God is taking you. And let me tell you something. Where God is taking you is so much better than where you are planning on taking you. It may not always feel like that in the moment. But where God is taking you is better than where you are planning on taking you. And so the best thing that you could ever do for your life is to stop thinking that it's yours. Your life is not your own. Your life belongs to God. And when you live in a state of surrender, 
when you have let go into God, what you come to realize is that your life the way it is is better than your life the way you dream it to be. Because your life the way it is is the way God has ordained it to be. And if you're not into the God language, all I'm saying is this is the life you have. And for you to want it to be something different is to bring suffering on yourself. It's not a bad thing to imagine a better life. Sometimes that hope is the only thing that keeps us waking up in the morning and putting one foot in front of the other. So I'm not against it. It's not a bad thing to dream about what the future could be like. But if you think that when you arrive at that place, you're going to experience happiness, you won't. Because happiness is never there, wherever that is. Happiness is always here. If you can't find it here, you can't find it there. Because when you get there, it's just going to be here. You get that? So there is no happiness over there. It's only here. So it's really important, very, very, very important for us to recognize that our life does not belong to us. Abandon your life to divine providence. I love that phrase. It's the title of a book that I came across last year by a Catholic writer. And it is transformative to abandon your life to divine providence, to trust that my steps are being guided, to, to trust that my steps are being ordered. Now, it's natural as a human being to desire progress, right? We, we want to progress in life. And progress is a good and beautiful thing until you need it to feel good about yourself. Progress is great until you need it to feel good about yourself. Because if you need it to feel good about yourself, if your sense of self-worth is attached to how much you progress or not, you're never going to feel like you're enough. You're always going to feel like something is lacking, something is missing. Now, we live in a culture that has taught us that dissatisfaction is the only way to advance in life. And I understand why. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. We were at the wharf on Sunday after church. And this dude is top-level bodybuilder, like one of the best professionals in the world. And I was trying to dig into his mindset just to to see where he's coming from. And one of the things he told me was, Danny, I'm never satisfied. That's why I'm able to continue to, to, to grow and, and beat my competition because I'm never satisfied. Never satisfied. So dissatisfaction can be a wonderful motivator for you to achieve and accomplish things in life. But again, if you think once you accomplish what you set out to accomplish or you achieve what you set out to achieve, that then you will be satisfied, you're not going to be satisfied. The dissatisfaction will linger forever. And what good is the progress? What good is the growth and the evolution if you cannot enjoy any of it along the way? So maybe it is time for you to change some things up, just Switch things up for the sake of switching things up. Make some moves. If you're feeling stuck, there's a lot that you can do, right? 
but know that nothing you do or don't do, nothing you accomplish or don't accomplish has any bearing on your worth and value as a human being. Start there. Let that be your starting point before you pursue anything else in life. Spirituality and the message of the gospel is about helping us come to the recognition that our worth and our value and our dignity is inherent within us and has nothing to do with our progress or our performance. Whether you perform or don't perform, whether you progress in life or you don't progress in life, you are just as worthy, just as valuable, and just as whole and complete right now in this moment as you are. And when you know this, when you really know this, when you have allowed God to be what completes you through and through, you'll never feel stuck another day in your life. And the reason why is because you won't need your life to be anything other than what it is right now to feel good or to feel complete. God is what completes you. But that's the thing, right? Like we're always trying to rush to the next stage. We're always trying to rush into the next season. We're always trying to climb the next step on the ladder. We think life is just about going forward, going forward, going forward. But life isn't always about going forward. Sometimes it's about going backwards. Sometimes it's about just standing still and doing nothing, which is why I like the words that Jesus says in the Gospel of John when he uses this agricultural metaphor of pruning. He says, every branch that bears fruit, God prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. So pruning means you, you cut a branch or a stem so that you can help the plant produce more growth. But in order for that growth to happen, you've got to cut some things out. So maybe what you feel is stagnancy in life is simply God pruning you and preparing you for the growth that is to come. If our lives are like seeds in the hand of God, then when we are being planted into the ground, if it may feel like we're being buried, but no, we're, God is planting us. And if we just wait, if we have enough patience, if we wait a little bit, eventually we're going to see things blossom and begin to grow. Not in our own timing, in the divine timing. But we've got to be willing to let go of the control that we seek to have over life. To simply let things unfold as they will. So don't concern yourself with whether you are succeeding or failing. Don't concern yourself with whether you are moving forward or backwards in life. Don't concern yourself with gains and losses. Leave that to God and leave that to other people's opinion. You concern yourself with what's happening in your internal world. Like the scriptures say, guard your heart above all else because from it flows the springs of life. Keep your focus on what's happening within you because everything in the external is a projection from the internal. If you think you're stuck, you're stuck. If you think you're behind, you're behind. 
not because that's the reality, but because that's what you believe the reality to be. That's what you are projecting onto reality. You see stagnancy. God sees pruning and preparation for the growth that is to come. So don't concern yourself with any of those other things. Have you heard this proverb that says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he? That's how it works. But the reality is you're never somewhere in life that you're not supposed to be. How do I know that this is where I'm supposed to be in life? Because this is where I am. And if this is where I am, this is where God wants me to be. It's that simple. Faith does not have to get more complicated than that. You and I complicate our lives with our overthinking. Oh, my God, what is this person going to think about me? What are they going to say? Oh, I lost my job. My income's not the same. How are people going to perceive me? And when your whole life is based on facades and performances and how other people see you, this can be crushing. This can be extremely crushing. Our overthinking is doing the crushing because we're obsessed with what other people may think, what other people may say. It doesn't matter how they see you. It matters how you see you. It doesn't matter what they speak over your life. It matters what you speak over your life. I promise you, if you are secure in and of yourself, it does not matter what anybody else says about you or does not say about you. It doesn't matter if they pay attention to you or they don't pay attention to you. You're fine. I was having uh, lunch with a pastor friend of mine the other day from the uh, evangelical world that I used to be a part of. And this guy, he says to me at lunch, Danny, it's like, man, I had some uh, meetings with other pastors this morning. He's like, man, every time I bring you up, you're like the devil. <laughs> he said that. He said, every time I bring you up, he's like, you're like the devil. I'm like, well, I mean, all right, I guess. And then when we were leaving, he's like, hey, let's take a picture for Facebook. So we took a picture, and I said, oh, I got a perfect caption for you, lunch with the devil. <laughs> but look, I don't mind that people, whoever people is, or who, you know, first of all, when you listen to someone say this to you, right, like, all right, this guy's saying to me, everybody that I bring you up to says you're the devil. Who's everybody, first of all? But we take that everybody, oh, my God, everybody thinks I'm the devil. <laughs> you know, everybody. First of all, who's everybody? It's probably two people. <laughs> all right? It's probably two people. But I don't mind if anybody calls me the devil because I already accept the devil in me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I am a devil. In many ways. I don't sit here and say that I'm perfect or that I'm a saint that comes down from heaven. So, sure, if you want to call me a devil, I'm a devil. I'll be a devil. But that's not all of me. You know, they may not know that. I know that. Anyways, I don't know how I got into that whole thing. <laughs> but the point is it doesn't matter what other people say. It doesn't matter what other people think. There's no need to overanalyze your life so much. There's no need to be overly analytical about how you are perceived by other people as a result of your life being what it is. So the solution, the antidote to our overthinking is 
letting life be what it is. Okay, if you're feeling stuck, let yourself be stuck. If life is feeling stagnant, let yourself be stagnant. If you're not making progress, if things aren't happening at the speed you want them to happen, let it be what it is. And what you will come to see is simply by accepting the fact that you're stuck, you will become unstuck. Because it's your very resistance to being stuck that's keeping you stuck in the first place. Let yourself be stuck. Don't try and force your life to be something other than what it is. That's really the whole secret. If you hear nothing else, hear this. The whole secret of life is simply to only want what life gives to you. Accept your life the way it is as if you chose it for yourself. And all of the resistance that comes up when you hear those words, all of the justification and defense and blame that you want to resort to when you hear the words, accept your life the way it is as if you chose it for yourself, that's where your work is. That's where you've got to do some releasing and some letting go. There's a funny story about a man who prayed to God so often, so much, made so many requests of God that God finally got tired of this dude and said, I'm only giving you three more requests because you asked me multiple times every day for a bunch of stuff. So I'm only going to give you three more requests. And the guy says, all right, I'm going to think about this really hard. What do I want to ask for God? I only have three requests. And this man prays for God to kill his wife so that he can marry a better woman. And so God grants him his wish. The wife dies. They go to the funeral. And all the family and friends are there. And they say so many good, nice, positive things about this woman that this guy started feeling really bad. And he's like, oh, man, I made a mistake. She was a good woman. I'm not going to find a better woman than her. God, please bring her back. God brings her back. So now that's two requests. He only has one request left. So he's thinking really hard, I can't mess up this time, what am I going to do? So he starts asking his friends, what should I ask God for this final request? One of his friends says, you should ask for immortality. And he's like, oh, immortality sounds nice, but what good is immortality if I don't have health? Right? He's like, maybe I should pray to God for health. And he says, well, health is good, but what good is it if I'm healthy, but I don't have any money? He says, maybe I should ask for money. And then he starts thinking about it. He's like, wait a second. I could ask for money, but what good is it if I have all this money and I don't have any friends? I don't have any close people that I trust to, to share all of this wealth with. And so he says to God, God, why don't you tell me what to ask for? Help me. And when God sees the predicament of this man and how confused he was, he laughs and he says to him, ask to be content no matter what you get. Ask to be content no matter what you get. The wisest prayer you can ever pray is to ask to be content no matter what you get. That's what we read in the book of Philippians. Paul puts it so well. This is worth giving up everything for. To find this treasure, this is why Jesus called the kingdom of heaven a treasure that you would be willing to give up everything for. Paul says, I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. 
I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through the one who gives me strength. There's one Stoic philosopher who said, true wealth does not consist in having many possessions, but in having few wants. True wealth does not consist in having many possessions, but in having few wants. Because whatever you want really badly, whatever you desire really badly is what you are a slave to. So the scriptures say this in the Old Testament. You've heard this scripture plenty of times. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So whatever you think your life situation is, it isn't. God's thoughts, your thoughts. Very limited perspective that you have. You don't see the grand scheme of things, nor should you even try to. Just entrust yourself to divine providence. Completely, totally. God's ways are higher than your ways. What is God's way? God's way is what is. If I trust divine providence, if I trust perfect alignment, then God's way is what is. Reality is the higher way. And so it's simply a matter of aligning my thoughts with reality. So that instead of opposing life, life should be like this. It should be like that. It's funny, like, I'll talk to people all the time. And I mean, I used to do this all the time. And somebody didn't respond to you maybe the way that you wanted them to. Man, you would think, right, they should have texted me and told me X, Y, Z. Isn't it obvious that that person should have said this? Or this person should have done that? This is how we make ourselves miserable in life. We put all these expectations on people. What do you mean they should have texted you? You don't know anything was going on in their life. What do you mean they should have said this? Right? Yeah, they should have acted like that or they should have said this. No, they shouldn't have. What they should have done is what they did. And you accept it or you don't accept it. You accept it, you're free. You don't accept it, you're in misery. So, instead of opposing life, you you join it. You merge with it. You become one with it. It's a life hack. It's a life hack. Okay, reality is the higher way. What's happening is always showing me the divine will. It's right in front of me every moment of every day. What about the bad stuff, Danny? Oh, my God, the car accident or my dog died or I lost my job or even that too. Even that too. Even that too. You accept it. You include it. You move with it. You don't go against it. The other way is the harder pill to swallow wanting life to be something other than it than what it is is the harder pill to swallow and that is where all of your suffering comes from so i align my thinking with reality 
Whatever my thoughts are about the situation, if they're rooted in fear, it's not true because only love is true. Only God is true. And you live like this, trusting every step is being guided. Every step is being ordered. And life is always the way that it should be. The scriptures say God is for us, not against us. So if this is, if this is God's world, if your life is not really your life, it's God living through you, then as a fundamental element of my faith, I am going to see everything as being for me and not against me. That's it. It is for me, not against me. So that's the message for today, guys. I don't have anything else for you. But I think, you know, I think this is, this is a good, good place to stop. Otherwise, I'll keep talking forever. And also, now let's put this into practice. There's going to be a bunch of things that happen to you today or throughout your week that you feel shouldn't be happening. So what will it look like to surrender my judgment on what life should be and let life simply be what it is? That's it. Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for your goodness for your love. You are for us, not against us. Reality is perfectly fine the way it is. It's our thoughts that can use some adjustments. And so help us, God, to release any thoughts that may be getting in the way of us perceiving the beauty of what is, the divine hand at work in and through everything. We entrust ourselves to you. For everyone who feels stuck, for everyone who feels like they've hit a standstill, May acceptance bring them to liberation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, everybody. Love you. Thank you for being with us. Happy Mother's Day. And we'll see you next weekend.